Rhiannon, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for uh, for coming on board. Thank you for having me. It's on it. Oh, this is a little She's guest today. <laughs> Absolutely love it. The, uh, the the team mascot. So it's uh, it's awesome to have you on board. Like we were obviously just chatting before, before the podcast, and I think there's so many interesting points because again, you have an incredible amount of experience under your belt, and with that comes a lot of fucking trials and tribulations. You know, you've been through it all. Um, but I, I'm really interested to, to to kind of kind of hop back kind of to the beginning because I understand you got into all of strongman stuff. It was literally just like through a bet, wasn't it? Like this was just like chance of arm. Like the chances of this happening and you being put in this situation was like really quite interesting that you just came onto this so naturally. Yeah, the um, it was my my partner. He's a he's a pro strongman, and uh, I was. When we started dating, I was like, I've got no interest in strong life. I've got my sport. You do your sport. And uh, he just kept, um, he kept saying, he was like, you'd be good at this. You'd be good at this. And then uh, he, he found me a comp. And I was like, I, by this point, I was like starting to roll my eyes at it all. And he was like, I bet you can't do it. I was like, I bet you can't do it. He was like, if you do this, I'll do a comp in your sport. And um, so I, I agreed. And then, uh, so I was a powerlifter. Yeah. Um, two weeks before the comp that he booked into, uh, he actually had a full pet rupture. Um, so part of me was like, yes, he's not going to be able to do this comp. I'm free. I'm out of this. Uh, and he actually did the comp with a full pet rupture. Um, to just He fully had absolute fair what? play to it. What a yeah. psycho. Well, I think he did like a 170 bench with a, like, a pet hanging off. Um, so yeah, at this point I was like, right, okay, yeah, like I've got, I've got to, uh, I've got to do this now. <laughs> and then we ended up, um, I, I won that, and it was a world strongest woman qualifier. So I remember kind of sitting on the sidelines with them afterwards and being like, did we just qualify for worlds? <laughs> that sudden realization, like, oh shit, I'm actually in it now. <laughs> yeah, the penny dropped, and I was like, yay, trophy! Oh shit! <laughs> oh god, are we going to worlds? <laughs> And it's interesting as well because obviously, like your your powerlifting and stuff, you're very successful. Like obviously, multiple records. But then coming into this, do you feel like the just kind of like the the vibe around it is different from transferring from the powerlifting into the strong woman? And and what is that? So much, so much. I am. Um, yeah, I don't want to um, come across like sport hate you or anything. Like powerlifting is amazing. Um, I have a lot of athletes that still compete in powerlifting and still love it. Um, personally, for me. Uh, I think I got involved with um, kind of like a bit of a bad crowd, um, a lot of negativity, a lot of toxic um, attitudes and coming into strong women. It actually, um, I, I developed some severe trust issues. I my first comp, strong woman comp, I met my now best friend um, and she came over and she was like, oh, you're new. She was like, if you need anything, she was like, this is over there. The toilets are over there. So this is going to happen. If you need any help, just come and grab me. And then she floated off, and I remember standing there going, what was that about? Yeah. What <laughs> are all these guys smoking? Like, why is everyone so fucking friendly? <laughs> they came over, and they were so lovely. And they knew who I was. You know, they knew what I could yeah. lift. And I was welcomed for that. And, yeah, it was just a surreal. And, like, yeah, she's now my best friend. We travel the world together competing. And it's, a uh, yeah, it's been the, the inclusive vibe. I mean, uh, my, my first world, so... We, we qualified and then we went in a 2017. Um, so again, like I'd been on the scene like two minutes. Um, these girls knew who I was, but I I wouldn't have um, I wouldn't have held it against them at all if they were 
uh, you know, she, she's not in a spot. She doesn't deserve to be here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not at all. I actually um, passed out on the deadlift. Um, none of these girls could move this car. Um, I mean, we managed to get some reps in, but I, I did actually fully collapse and black out. Um, and I woke up to all the girls. I had my head in some girl's lap, stroking my forehead. Um, I had all these girls sat around me, passing me water, just concentrating oh. on my breathing, just really helping. Um, and when I came around, I actually realized that they'd basically refused to carry on until they knew I was okay. Wow. Um, I mean, and in, in Strongman as well, you have 60 seconds to lift. If you don't go out, they can zero you. Yeah. And it was just a case of all the girls were like, we're, we're going to make sure she's okay before we carry on. And oh, wow. yeah, just somebody we've never met before, somebody that's potentially a, a big threat. And it was just such a, a lovely, um, I felt at home. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really quite incredible. And I mean, I, I haven't competed in powerlifting, but I mean, I've been competing in strongman for a little over two years now. And, you know, I'm, I'm very, very much small fish at the moment, but I noticed straight away, like I came from a little bout of athletics and that was again, very solo and independent. Then when you come into it, it's like, wait, everyone's just like chatting in between events, and like they're all like, hey, so so, how's your training been in the gym or whatever? And like I'm just standing there over there, like I should be talking to any motherfuckers, like I should be like eyeballing you and giving you evils and trying to get in your head. And I was like, hey man, <laughs> like it's so strange. Yeah, it's it's a fully independent sport, but while you're competing, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know that it wasn't one team effort. Um, I've had rivals run up to me and give me their tacky when I've run out or chalk or, um, you know, you, you hear about girls turning up to internationals and their suitcases have got, you know, they've got no kit and uh, their suitcases have gone walkabout. But you never see those girls compete without kit. The rest of the girls will make, they'll, they'll each kind of like donate something and will make sure that they have everything they need. Uh, and it is, it's such a, it's the same at my gym here. You know, we have a lot of girls. We have a lot of really good girls um, obviously competing in several classes. Um, we've got about a dozen girls uh, aiming for Worlds this year, which obviously when they get there, they're competing against each other. They are teammates, but they are also rivals. But you just wouldn't know. To, to be in the situation and the environment, you, you would genuinely think it was a team sport. And yeah. it's, it's such a thing to be in. Yeah, I'm really interested to kind of hop off on that point. You know, when you're competing against people that are your training partners, I think it's really interesting. So do you feel that like in that comp scene, obviously when you're lifting, like even if you're going to like, like you've said you've done before, you know, you're head to head with like your best friend, your training partner, and you're going for reps. When you know that you're working with that person, do you feel like you're able to get more out because you have that camaraderie of like, come on, let's fucking go. We're going to town, me and you. Or do you feel like, you would be able to if it was someone that you never knew before and it was you could kind of take it to that place in your head which do you think you get more out of um personally for me um <laughs> so i i will work with whatever situation i'm given um there's there's just ways to look at it and to kind of let it set in your head so if i'm um if i'm competing against somebody that i've never met before obviously there's no emotional attachment yeah. you don't feel bad about kicking their ass yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just demolish the field um so i go with that kind of attitude um very sort of quite um cold and heartless and just just slaughter yeah um when i'm my the probably best example is um one of my best girls she's called kate Connolly. um she is probably my biggest rival in the world we compete literally like side by side um i mean we came first and second this year and last year's europe's 
and we come first and second at Brits. Like we're always kind of right next to each yeah. other. Um, and I go into that. There's there's a lot of coaches um, that either don't compete because of conflict of interest or they won't compete against one of their own, which I totally understand. I 100% appreciate how difficult it is. Like I do get to, um, but the way I go into it with Kate, like me and her, it was, um, we did Axel for reps at Britain Strong or something and it was me and her. And we went out and it's like, right, Kate, me and you, we take over the fucking world. And it's, it's that feel, you feel stronger because she's by my side. She's going to get out a rep every time I get out a rep. We are the two best girls. We work together. We, we've trained with each other every single day. Like we're here to, to take over. And it's, you almost feel stronger because you know that if you make a mistake, she probably won't. So. Yeah, I love that. I love that. But it's also like... Again, it's like it's coming back to that camaraderie, isn't it? It's that different place of like, come on, let's fucking do this together rather than being like, I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to make you look like a bitch compared to me. Like, it's that whole, I just absolutely love it. It's so good. And you're, it's so right. Like, when you have that connection, you have that vibe and you get that group. And I think, you know, a lot of strongman, like, that's how it happens and it formulates it like different comps you know we just get these little clusters of people that you then form like you said those end up being like your friends for life like i remember i'm still talking to guys on instagram now that i competed against like two years ago that aren't even doing it anymore but we're still friends because you just have that instant connection all over the world and just just the the level um (laughs) the brutality of the sport you know you you really get to know these people you really get to see them and you're like me and kate have seen each other at our absolute lowest and we've helped each other through that Um, and and that's where it comes from the i get a lot of coaches asking me like how do you go against your girls and want to to kill them how do you go in with that that kill attitude um and the thing is, is they've got they've got it wrong in their head. They're, they're fighting that person. Whereas in my head, me and Kate are like leading an army. And, you know, I've thrown her a sword. We're at the front and we're going to charge. Yes. And it's that feeling. It's that yes. taking on the world. We're, we're just going to absolutely slaughter everyone. And we'll see each other at the finish line. Yeah. And it's that feeling. I um, fucking love that. I absolutely love that bigger team than ever to world this year and we will all feel stronger because yeah i've got more of my own girls that are technically my own rivals um but you'll feel stronger because of it um and you, you can also buzz off other people's failures you know if um okay so at world is a great example i i went in with a, an injury and i couldn't finish the farmers it was the first time in my career that i've never finished farmers it was uh, I got it's like a, a meter before the line, and this just absolutely had enough. Um, and obviously, I was incredibly gutted. But Kate won that farmers event, so th- this is what I'm saying. Like when you make a mistake, they are there to carry you through. Yeah. And you've, I had absolutely zero time to be sad or down in the dumps about my performance because Kate had just won. Like she just kind of, and it, it's that feeling. There's there's always somebody to to celebrate. I absolutely love that though. That's such an interesting way of like, because even when you're losing, you're winning. Like, it's such a fucking brilliant mentality. And I think, you know, especially in the comp scene as well, especially like, I mean, you've competed on like the biggest fucking stages that there are. But when you're in that moment and it is so stressful, you know, when you have that shit event or you don't do as well as you think you're going to do and you kind of look out to the crowd and that realization of like, oh, fucking hell, like, this is real. But then to be snapped straight out of that, to be like, okay, right, here we go. Let's see what she's got. It's like, you don't, you don't have, you don't have that time for any of those negativity points to affect your, 
you, you know your progress moving forward i think I, that's me, absolutely brilliant me and kate were in the same form as heat so um so obviously i dropped mine and as we're walking off it's, that's when we get told that kate had won um, so obviously I come bounding off the stage like I've just won. And I think everybody must have stood there and gone, does she know she got beat? <laughs> like it's it's such a straight away, I was like, Kate won, Kate won! <laughs> and it's, yeah, you just don't have, um, I actually, uh, that was, comp was probably the worst one of my career. I actually ended up uh, withdrawing, I, I buggered up all the tendons and ligaments in my ankle. Um, I had to medically pull out. Um, so obviously, you know, that's a whole year's worth of work. Um, the, believe it or not, the biggest thing for me was how much of my sponsored money I'd wasted. That that was, uh, I was like, a lot of companies have backed you for this and you've just turned up and you've not even been able to finish. Um, yeah, I was in like I was in like third or fourth place when I had to withdraw. Um, so we were still within shot of the podium. Like it was, um, so it, I, I was having a lot of people message me, uh, including my therapist, um, just being very aware that you know I'm young and this is probably the biggest blow of her career so far um and yeah I was in an awful lot of pain we were very much worried about the, the state my ankle was in but at the same time I had four girls in the final the next day um so it was really sweet what happened we got back to the house and as a team they decided that we need to have like a bit of a pity party for Ree like this is, this is shit so we need to so that we kind of had like a bit of an hour where we're all like worried about my ankle and kind of like stressing about what we're going to do and how we're going to fix it. And then literally on the hour, we were like, right, is everybody eating for tomorrow? Is everybody stretched? Is there... And you were just straight on to, we've got more girls. Your girls are in the final, like sod your ankle. It can wait till you get home. And we, just, we strapped it up within an inch of its life. And then I'm hobbling around the finals all day, screaming at my girls. You, you do, you don't have time to, um, just sit in the dumps. You've got people that need you. You've got teammates that need your support. Um, and with all due respect, they don't care about your ankle. They need your help. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I love that. Just like that reprioritization of focus. It, I think it, you know, it must do so much for you mentally. But it's, it's really interesting that kind of you made some fantastic points there talking about, again, like when you're at the top, obviously this is it, this is the like the, the thing that obviously people don't see from the outside. They don't know about the fact that, you know, sponsors have money in you for this. You have all of these external, intrinsic, like, stresses. They're like, okay, like, I'm going to compete, and I want to come first, and I want to hit this record. But then also I've got all of these guys as well that are like, hey, like, we want you to do this for our company. And you're like, okay, man, like, before it was okay, but now I'm starting to sweat a little bit. I mean, it, it was amazing. Like, I, I called my um, one of my sponsors that funded an awful lot of it. Um, so I called them to kind of give them an update. And I'm crying and I'm, like, apologizing. And they're, <laughs> they're like, right, Ree, whatever you need, any medical bill you've got out there, you just fire it our way. Like, whatever you need medically, we'll get it covered. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and they're straight. Like, I was basically apologizing for wasting their money. And they're offering me more money to make sure that my ankle's okay. Um and it's, I, I definitely, the, the guilt from um, letting other people down is, is definitely the hardest bit. But there's, that's a whole skill in itself, you know. Um, you, you've you've got to keep going. You've got to get past it. Um, it. It's one of the reasons that we put the 600 pound prep pretty much as soon as my ankle was healed. Um, because you just got to get going again. Like you can't sit and, you can't sit in stale waters. You, you, you've got to kind of just pick yourself up and get back on the horse. 
Yeah, and I think it's uh, it's one of those things that the more it happens to you, the more it kind of just becomes second nature. Like, the more times you kind of get kicked in the face and you're like, okay, that fucking hurt. But it's like, well, you know, I've still got some records to get. i still got some people to beat. It's like, okay, well. Like, obviously, it, it sucked. Like, it was, yeah, it was it was definitely one of the hardest um, moments of my career. Um, but th- this is where the people that you put yourself around become so valuable. Um, you know, your, your team is... When you're going well, your team is just a bonus. It's when you're going through shit that your team becomes a necessity. Um, my partner was, like, obviously, he's been strongman for over 10 years now, so he's been through the works with injuries. Um, he was incredibly supportive. Um, when my friends are a lot of top-level athletes, I do work with a therapist, like, pretty much religiously all year round. Um, so you, you kind of, it, it's similar to, to physically, you know. You wouldn't wait till every bone in your body was broken to go to the hospital. The, the slightest bit of injury, you go and get it checked out. And it's, it's the same with, like, mental health of an athlete. Like, you, you've got to keep on top of it because there's there's so much pressure in this sport. You, you've got to stay healthy physically and mentally. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that you, that you came on to that because that was the next point I wanted to bring up. It's very interesting, again, and I've spoken to many people about this. When you live your life on the internet, on social media, such as you do, you live by the trials and tribulations of everyone else's opinions and views as well. Because if you put yourself out there, then you have to accept what then comes back, which is incredibly difficult. It's incredibly hard. Mentally, it's very, very stressful. Yeah, exactly. So I'm interested to kind of hop off there like... When when did you feel like um, bringing a therapist on board? Like, what was it a case of that you just kind of got to an endpoint and you were like, "Oh man, I've got to fucking sort this out," or was it like someone was like, "Hey, like if you hadn't before, maybe try this out. This might help you with like your, the next stages of your prep as you get more successful." Where did that come into play? Um, it probably came in um during the decline of my powerlifting mentality. <clears throat> Um, I just found myself getting incredibly negative um, with myself. Um, nothing was ever enough. Nothing was ever good enough. Even when I did well, it was you could have done better, you could have done more. There was absolutely no positive feedback. It was all just demanding more and more. Um, and it was due to the the environment I was in. Um, I very much felt judged um, on show an awful lot. So I was, I became quite defensive um, and yeah, everything just became really, really negative. Everything about training, everything about competing, um, everything was just comparing myself to other women constantly, like absolutely everything was just self-comparison. Um, and I'd, I'd been through therapy before. So when my GP suggested it, I honestly uh, wrote it off as just being an absolute crap. I was like, no offense, I'm not great with my feelings. I'm not going to be able to talk to somebody random about my feelings. This isn't going to work. So I agreed to go along, and I actually said pretty much the same monologue to her as soon as I turned up, which was quite rude. Um, I was like, look, this isn't going to work. I'm on the air. <laughs> uh, this is like, I'm not going to be able to talk to you. Sorry, but you, you don't understand what this is going to feel like. Uh, and she turned around and she said, I don't understand what this feels like. How about two silver medals at the Olympics for two years in a row? And at that point, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm listening. So, it was just like mic drop. Done. Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. And she was like, I don't know what it feels like to be the very best in the world, but still not be quite good enough. No? Um, and yeah, that was a huge turning point for me. Actually having somebody, um, <laughs> so she, she was an ex-Olympian and she's gone into 
um, mental health of athletes because she realised how rife it was. Um, so yeah, I see her definitely all year round. Um, when when things are worse, uh, like a couple of times a week, um, and she she really just kind of keeps in track um, how I'm treating myself, how I'm speaking to myself, how I'm prioritising um, my own health and things. I'm quite bad for. Um, putting everybody in front of me and leaving myself kind of like no time to eat or sleep. Yeah. Um, and I am very nurturing as a person, so I, I find myself mothering a lot of my girls without leaving much time for myself. Um, so it just helps keep things in balance, and it's definitely something I would advise to any athlete before they feel like they need it. Yeah. You know, People say it's a waste of money, and like it's a it's the same waste of money that a sports massage is. It's just cleaning. It's just T and C. Yeah, it's it's not fun. Like it's not um it's not enjoyable. But cleaning and maintaining never is, and then that's that's what that's for. Yeah, and also like I don't want to take it to a super dark place really quickly, but I also think it's important. Like as much as you feel like it might be a supposed like waste of money. I've spoken to, to Craig Tolley, Strongman Motivation, about this before, is, you know, if you've ever been in that dark place, if you've ever been kind of sat at the bottom of that well without a, a rope kind of looking up to the surface, it only takes one time for you to not come back. Yep, yep, it very... So, yeah. so to speak to someone and to reduce the chances of that you ever being put in that position, in my opinion, in my personal opinion, is priceless. Exactly. This is. I mean, if yeah, if you ever been at the bottom of a rut, you would pay the world to get out of that. You would rut. do anything. Yeah, I mean, the therapy for me is just not necessarily. Um, people look at it as a, as a weakness that you need to go and get fixed. Um, I look at it as a tool that she's helping me develop as a person. So we're not necessarily fixing things that are wrong with me. Um, we're helping me develop as a person, and we're helping me develop the tools to deal with life going forward you know it's um just as you would say go on a strength training course to get better at your deadlifts or it is literally yes. it's just a force for me to get better at dealing um with life and the emotional boulders that it throws yes i love that i absolutely love that it's it's so 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 important and i, I think as well you know being a coach too and i've, I've spoken to what to other podcast guests about it's like i mean i've been a pt since i was uh, 18 like literally since i could qualify and when you train people and you work with people like they naturally open up to you you guys will have like i've had conversations with pt clients that about shit that like their husbands and wives don't even know about like yep, you get it, close. <laughs> yeah it, and and the thing is is that when you're doing your pt qualification no one's like oh by the way like this is half training and half therapy uh like no one gives you that piece of paper you just kind of and then you're sat there and you're like oh, okay like you know, i've got all of these secrets that I, like, i've now got to deal with too and it's like if you're a pt having that having that way to kind of almost like a brain dump like if you have those like anger problems and you go to the gym and you use the iron to get out and transfer that energy as a PT, if you've got all of that coming in, you know, you've only got so much capacity in here where you need to get something out. So I think it's wicked that you talk about therapy in that way. Cause I think, you know, that even for personal trainers, I think that would help a lot of people. Honestly, I, I think um, just as uh, like 
it, it's a common thing that you go to the dentist every now and then. I very much agree that, that th- you, you know, you go to the hairdressers every six weeks. You should go to your therapist at least every month just just to get like a just to make sure that you're all, um, you know, a, a bad mental state will make any situation in your life worse. It can even turn good situations into bad situations. You can heavily manipulate the situation you're involved with a good mindset. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I'm I'm interested. Is there anything that was kind of stand out for you that was kind of like almost like an instantaneous change? Obviously, you kind of spoke about like environment dictates success fucking tremendously. So obviously, removing yourself from that environment, which you did, has done <laughs> mind blowing things for for your career and and your progression. Like absolutely uh, inconceivable at the time, I'm sure. But were there any kind of like small little things that you were like, wow, fuck, that changed things so much. Um, yeah, my, so they got me to do an exercise, which again, I just completely rolled my eyes at. Um, <laughs> she wanted me every time I was lifting and it wasn't going well or any point else through the day, whenever I was starting to get negative, she wanted me to keep a little book of the things that I was saying to myself in my head. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, are you, are you joking? And I was like, is this going to be a thing? Anyway, I just jumped through the hoop and I gave her this little book and she was flicking through it and she was like, Ree, this is like the nastiest piece of shit I've ever like every, everything in it was just that wasn't good enough why are you even here why are you even trying what do you like it was just really really um horrible things that like I put the barbell down and I'd be like what was that are you even trying like what is wrong with you and it was it was such um Fuck. really negative stuff that I was saying to myself that she definitely got me to um, speak to myself like I would somebody I care about. Uh, you know, she was saying, "Your friend, even if your friend lifted and she, it was a bag of crap, you would not say that. You would just say, you'd be like, right, well, I'll tell you what, let's take 10 minutes, let's have a chat, let's go again. Jimmy, you would, just the way you would come at it and um, learning to speak to myself like that um, learning to control really, really <laughs> negative um, like thoughts that would come in um, and learning to find silver lining. So in, even my lifts that went to absolute shit, um, even if it's a case of, well, your stance was good or, well, your brace was pretty good. You know, even if it was just something so yeah. meaningless, you're still giving yourself that. So it becomes rather than, oh, well, that was a bag of shit. It becomes, okay, well, your technique was a little off, but the bar did move well and your stance was good. So let's have five minutes and let's go again. And it becomes a much more um, environment that you can educate and you can learn and you can actually develop <laughs> rather than just throwing rocks at yourself. Yeah, 100%. And, and again, it, it only puts you into that negative mind space. When you're in that negative mind space, I'm sure you probably have found it. Like You're probably more likely to end up lifting like shit as well. Nothing will go. You will just spiral. <laughs> and that's what I would end up doing. But then I would try and... Um, like out willpower the fatigue so i'd be like no i'm just gonna keep doing it until i get it right and it would just go like and i'd just end up and i would try and like almost fight myself and punish myself to get it right and it's like really this this is not gonna work (laughs) yeah if you force it anymore you're just literally gonna destroy your body and then you won't be able to do anything but then when you're in that (laughs) mindset as well it's so funny because people could say that to you and you just wouldn't care a lot of um, I was forcing my. I, I was trying to um, 
yeah, it wasn't a partnership with my body. It was, I'm the boss. You're going to do as you're told. And if you don't, you're going to stay here until you get it done. Uh, yeah. And you're never going to, you're never going to get somebody to work hard for you with that attitude. And it's never going to be healthy. Um, learning to treat my body like something I care about as well. Like when it's, you know, you're asking, um, the things I ask of my body are ridiculous. They are absolutely, you know, it's, it, it's stuff every day that literally no other woman can do. It, it's insane stuff. Um, well, if you're asking a huge favor of somebody, you're not going to treat them like shit and then ask them to do it. You're going to be really, really nice to them, give them everything they want, then ask them to do it, and they might do it. it and that that's the same. I'm going to make sure it has everything it needs in terms of nutrition, hydration, rest. If, if it doesn't have enough rest, I will just give it more rest. I will make it work, and I will give myself the time to literally make sure that my body is just really, really happy in every way it functions, then I'll ask it to do some big shit for me. Yeah, 100%. It makes so much sense. Again, it, you know, it's exactly what we were saying before. Environment dictates success, doesn't it? You know, when when you're putting all that good fuel in, you're going to get some fucking incredible results out the back end. And I'm interested to kind of bring it back to the kind of point of there are lots of obviously incredible people within your gym that obviously you can bounce off of and, and your path to success obviously as you've been around these people has just accelerated more and more. So I'm interested to get into it. Was it a case of... <clears throat> Were different people bringing different things to the table? Because I I know obviously when you train in that environment, there are people that obviously you know have uh you know a greater relationship with nutrition or training or an interest or whatever, and it's a case of that everyone ends up helping everyone out a little bit. Did you find that that was the case with you guys? Hundred percent. Yeah. So we've got um one of my most uh, experienced girls. I'm pretty sure she's one of the oldest standing strong women in Britain. Like I'm, she's, I don't think there's many girls have been doing it longer than her. She's um, Becca Cumsey. She's got the, excuse me. She's got the world record log press. She, her knowledge of nutrition is just next level in terms of uh, manipulation uh, of weights, but she's very, very health conscious. So whereas a lot of coaches will just strip out carbs and strip out water no she will very commit from a very good health approach um so if any of the girls need um any sort of nutritional tweak beck steps in um we have quite a few girls that have um one of my girls has suffered severely with depression like she's an absolute inspiration with the places that she's come from um so again she's almost um kind of like the the mental advisor uh, for, for any girls that are struggling yeah. with like sports and things like that um i'm definitely the mum uh, i'm definitely the, um, but again luke is another one that he adds um he's very very good for the especially for me um getting the girls to rest uh, i don't know if anybody that you've worked with has got like a ridiculously high work ethic but getting them to rest is a nightmare they very much I fall under this category um, <laughs> punish myself for you being lazy you need are they like I'm tired I need to rest no you're being lazy you're not working hard enough yeah, more, more, and that's more. when Luke will step in and just as like probably the longest standing strongman one of in the UK uh, you know a lot of people trust his experience and when he steps in and he's like no re rest I'm like oh, okay I'm not being lazy he agrees <laughs> um, but we have we have all sorts of people like we've got people that are more um fired up and more um just feisty so if anybody's struggling with motivation like we'll get them in and yeah everybody adds um some of the girls are just the absolute sweetest and are just really nice to be around if you're going through shits 
Um, yeah, there's everybody brings definitely something to the table. Um, what one of the best things about it is just how different everybody is. Um, especially with groups of girls, <laughs> you tend to see um, very similar groups. Um, whereas strong women is we've got girls on it with they've got fuller dreadlocks, fuller tattoos, piercings, and then we've got blondes with boob jobs and nose jobs and lip fillers. Uh, and then we've got girls that look like they've just crawled out of bed. We've got girls full of makeup. It really doesn't matter. And we don't care. And it's such a lovely... Um... <laughs> Florida was a perfect example. We're at Worlds. We're walking down the street. Some girls have got heels on and dresses. Some girls are barefoot because they haven't even bothered to put their shoes on. <laughs> That's the... And everybody just is a, a single unit. And it, it's we all understand each other's um, quirks and weaknesses and things like that so we all very much uh it's really really sweet yeah it's really interesting i was listening to you talk talk the other day and you were kind of talking about like how like strong man and strong woman is like such a fantastic place for like all of these like some like social rejects and all these different people from all yeah all these walks of life and you're it's so fucking true like you hit the nail on the head i was like yes you fucking nailed it because it's so weird how you just have this melting pot of absolutely everyone from all different backgrounds and you're like no like with sports it it is generally very much kind of like a lot of people are pigeonholed into kind of stereotypes yes you know tremendous amount of strong men are fat and hairy but outside of that and the the, the spectrum's so crazy and we've got like again it's like all the cultures and things you know like we have muslims with the hijabs and long sleeves and it's you know it's it's cool we we brought out long sleeve t-shirts on team chaos because i realized that we, we literally only have short sleeves and we need to get something in for these guys and it's um i've seen comps where um hijabs have fallen off and the, the clock has been stopped and wow. so they're allowed to resort that out because it's you know it's, it's not nice for them yeah. Uh, but yeah they stopped the comp and they've stopped the clock and they've let her go in and it's it's things like that it's, it's really really sweet um we do it we we don't care we we care what you're capable of doing and the person that you are um if you're a dick you're not welcome and that's it like that's it uh we don't care what sa- we, we've got everything here from i think our smallest is like four foot ten and our <laughs> tallest girls touching six three i think wow. um and then and then we have all the weights as well you know like we have girls that are um <laughs> we have very very large girls that are just at the start of their weight loss journey we have very very large girls that are super proud and want to get bigger we absolutely um in terms of body image we absolutely do not care we, we want to know the person you are and then that's it and it's so refreshing <laughs> for women i think you i think you have literally hit the nail on the fucking head there like so much of fitness like the bikini scene the figure all of that all of that competitive stuff it's so like i've been around it but like it, it's so fucking toxic it's so bad for your brain being around that and again it's like you said it kind of putting yourself into that negative mindset of like oh she's leaner than i am she's got a bigger ass she's got this but when you're in that strongman environment no one gives a fuck like we all just want to get better i i came from bikini and muscle modeling and your whole worth is in line with your body fat which is such a horrendous thing to teach. and whether people it, think you are attractive or not not even yes. you that was a big one for me um so especially working as a muscle model your attractiveness and your appearance become your first priority 
um, you become incredibly concerned that everybody finds you attractive um, and that everybody um, sees you as this very beautiful thing. And it rules you, it absolutely rules your life. And it destroys, when I was about um, 16, 17, it it just destroys the, the, the girl on the inside. Yeah. Um, well, luckily, I, I rebounded and I came out of it with a sense of, I don't give up what anybody thinks of my appearance, as long as I'm happy. Yeah. And that's kind of come through. Uh, you know, I've said, I get an awful lot of comments about my appearance. Um, and the only man who I care about his opinion is my partner's. And, and that that's, you're, you're more than welcome to your opinion, but I'm not going to care about it. <laughs> A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I love it. And again, I think that's that's something, again, that unfortunately it comes with time and the more that you're put into that position, the more you have to deal with it, You kind of the, the, the greater you get. For me, uh, I don't know if you've ever read or listened to The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Uh, yes. but but I that's like my all-time favorite audiobook and when I listened to that it was like it was such a slap in the face because it was like oh man why do I give a fuck about opinions that uh, of people that I'm never gonna meet and whose like point of view I don't value at all like why am I getting upset about this yeah I get, I get guys commenting on my appearance all the time and the truth is I have quite a, a unique image bright red mohawk and massive traps um, <laughs> and that that's not that's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, and that's absolutely fine. That is absolutely fine. Um, at the end of the day, I'm I'm almost um, kind of glad that most men don't find me attractive, or if they do, they keep their gob shut about it. Could you imagine how awkward my job would get? I work with so many men. Um, it, my job would just be an absolute nightmare if every guy that I encountered found me absolutely stunning and just dropped dead gorgeous. That that would be I would be in hell, absolute hell. <laughs> Like, please, no, I don't want any of this. Like, just get as far away from me as you can. It's the best for everyone that I'm literally just... And that's, that's not what I'm here to be. You know, I'm, I'm here to be one of the strongest women in the world. I'm here to prove what women are capable of doing. And I'm here to, to empower the next generation of women. I'm not here to prove how attractive we can be. But you know what's really like, funny? Like, I, I, It's so funny that you say that. But then also, on the flip side because you are driven and because you are motivated and because you don't give a fuck that in and of itself is an attractive point do you get what i mean like this is what i try and teach my girls um not that we don't care about attraction and appeal of course but of course it's very very human to to want to to be attractive to your partner or your whatever um but it, it's what you align in as attractiveness. And it is always um, skin deep. For me, seeing a woman, um, okay, so I'll, I'll drop this. Andrea Thompson, she's a really, yeah, really good friend. She's a heavyweight world strongest woman. First time I met her, a Britain strongest woman, she came out the crowd. Now, she's not a small lass. Like, she's, she's not like some little bikini model. Um, and I'd just been in bikini areas where if you didn't have an eight pack, you hid it. Um, and she walked to the toilets, big lass, belly out, sports bra, and the boss walk that came out. Oh, my God. I just, I don't think I've ever been less in love. Like, it was just, she just absolutely, she was here to win. She wasn't taking shit from anyone and get out of her way. And I don't think I've ever been attracted to somebody more than that in that moment. And it was, it's it's that that um, effectively I'm trying to lead the next generation with, is that our worth is up the people we are and what we're capable of doing and yes. um, you know when, when i see a strong woman absolutely or when i'm strong but any woman absolutely throw her all into something that's attractive 
100%. Regardless of whether she's red in the face, sweating and face plants, the effort that she put in, the person that she shows herself to be, that's attractive. Yeah, and I think it's so true. And, and I was talking about this the other, the other night with someone that, you know, for anyone to do like something well, for them to put their all and then to put their passion into something, like they might even not necessarily be fucking good at it, but for you to put everything that you have into something, that application in and of itself is also an attractive nature as well. Like someone really fucking trying for something because you can't teach that. You know, I always used to, um, I used to say, I always used to years ago when I was um, on the dating scene, um, I used to like, uh, I used to like tradesmen. Yeah. Um, and they, so like we go on a date, I remember we go on a date and um, they like pick me up in their work van and there'd always be an apology of the state of their work van. And I'm like, would, do you actually think I'd rather some guy pick me up in some flashy ass car that he'd bought with his daddy's money? Or do you think this shows a guy that's set up his own business, he's dedicated, he's committed, he's ambitious, he's willing to do all the dirty work to get where he is. You know, he's not asking, he's not just going to pay somebody else to do it. This, this is a guy that's willing to work for what he wants. And that's the appeal to me. I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. That's wicked. Absolutely wicked. I want to bring it back real quick because... I think it's, it's it's really interesting for for someone who you know you have really burst onto the scene. You've done incredible things. You become you know massively successful in the, in the strength industry. Going from you know all of these trials and tribulations that you've had to being kind of not necessarily put on a pedestal, but you are now whether you like it or not, a role model to fucking hundreds of thousands of women all around the world. Like, <laughs> and just when you say it out loud, it, you kind of go, oh, wow, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of fucking mental, isn't it? But how, how did you find that process? Because I think, you know, when you have so many people looking at you, it forces your own journey of self-discovery a little bit more. When, when people start, no, you're going to say, right, when people started using the term role models and inspiration... Um, again, so you get a new wave of pressure, uh, and I instantly had like a, an ex- existential crisis. <laughs> not a role model. You're not perfect enough to be a role model. You're not like all these role models where you get everything spot on and you just look flawless and you always do the right thing and you never make mistakes. And and that's where I decided that you know what, if I'm gonna be a role model, which I don't think I have much choice about at this point. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm gonna if I'm gonna do this, we're gonna do this properly, and I'm gonna be the role model that I wanted. I, I, you know, I want to I want to show the real side. I want to show the um, the failings and the fallings and the, the struggles and um, just just the real side of being a celebrity. You know, we are people. It's one of the things I love about Eddie Hall as well. Like, you know, we just go to the pub and grab a pint and some ribs. Like, there's. There's no red carpet. There's no helicopters. There's no, you know, it's very much um, one of my favorite things to do is just put my hood up and walk around town and just sit maybe on a bench and just watch people or just pop into a shop and just enjoy the the, the day to day little errand running and things like that. Like it is one of my, my favorite things to do. Um, but no, we, we do. I just want to show girls, um, especially the young girls, that how much happiness. Um, life fulfillment and, and success you can come out of, you can come with once you let go of the, the caring the the vanity the um the, the constant uh 
aesthetics being absolute number one priority. You know, there is so much more to life and happiness and success than that. Yeah, 100%. I, th- I think it's really interesting we've hopped onto this subject because uh, I-, I end every podcast in the exact same way. And I think it's, I know you've kind of touched on a few points I think you're going to mention again, but I want you for a second to imagine that you're stepping into a time machine. Okay, and this time machine is going to take you back in time to visit your younger self, you know, maybe 9, 10, 11, 12, very young, you have your whole life ahead of you, you know, you're influenced very heavily at this age, and you get to spend a few moments with your younger self, spend time with her, talk and discuss, and leave a bit of information, a mantra to live by, some advice to help her get through all of that bullshit that you know that she has coming in her life, to get her to where you are today what do you give her what do you say what do you leave her with literally the the, the same thing I'll, I'll i'll say to anybody that wants like an inspirational quote and um, you just don't quit whatever happens you know if i was talking to, to 15 16 year old re um, i'd be like you're gonna get shit you're gonna go through a lot of shit you're gonna have friends turn on you for reasons you don't know you're going to have strangers hate you for reasons you will never understand. And um, people will take a dislike for you. They will try and batter down your confidence. They will be feel personally attacked by your confidence. And they will try and make you feel like you are doing something wrong because you believe in yourself. Whatever happens, you keep walking, you keep smiling, and it will happen. You know, they, the reason um, I genuinely believe the reason I'm where I am is the inability to quit. Um, I do not think I'm the most talented girl in the world. I've seen many more talented girls than me uh, quit. They they just throw the towel in. You can achieve absolutely anything you want as long as you don't quit. And just giving her some resilience to to fight the shit that's coming and believe in herself and just keep going regardless. You know, believe that you are a good person. You are doing the right thing. And as they might hate you and you don't know why, but you just keep going. And that, that would have helped. <laughs> that, I, I can't think of a more perfect way to end it. That is absolutely awesome. Rianne, thank you so much for coming on board. This has been absolutely sick talking to you. Obviously, the whole world's kind of slowly returning back to normal. Comp's going to be coming on the scene, obviously, kind of uh, later on, hopefully into next year as well. So we'll keep, keep an eye out. Obviously, you're going to have some incredible things coming up. Congratulations with everything you've achieved recently. We haven't even fucking touched on that. There's like a million and one other things like you're fucking breaking world records and I'm here like, so, uh, mental health. (laughs) The next world record, uh, we just planned it yesterday. We're going to go for the heaviest silver dollar that's ever been done in August. Oh, snap! (sighs) I've uh, I've got my little book of prep. 2nd of August, silver dollar prep. Oh, yes. Absolutely love it. Oh, man. I'm buzzing. I'm genu- My palms are genuinely already sweaty. Like, I'm actually getting excited and clammy. This is ridiculous. <laughs> did see close to, to six times body weight. Like, that's, that's the goal this time around. Oh, <laughs> my God. That's insane. Absolutely insane. Rihanna, thank you so much for coming on board. I hope you have an absolutely awesome day. And uh, I cannot wait to chat to you again. No worries, my love. Thank you for having me.